Hello, and welcome to the Palmetto Report. I'm your host, Rebecca Davis. Thank you for joining us. In the last three years, the resale market for apparel, also called thrifting, has grown at 21 times the pace of the mainstream apparel market. While most fashion trends began with the manufacturers, thrifting trends started with customers, who were mainly millennials and Generation Z. The resale market is doing so well that it is predicted to reach $51 billion by 2023. Today, to talk about thrifting, we are joined by Dr. Jane Thomas, a professor of marketing at Winthrop University, who has published work in several peer-reviewed journals, including the International Journal of Retail and Distribution Management and the Journal of Fashion Marketing and Management. She has also appeared on regional and national news outlets for her work on consumer behavior. Dr. Thomas, thank you for being here. Thank you. So what can you tell us about how the resale market began to grow into the trend that it is now? Well, first of all, as you mentioned in your introduction, it's not a new topic. Um, people have been doing this for, you know, ever since we've had an apparel market in some form or another. Um, this one has taken off, I think, really for three major reasons. One of the reasons is obviously expense, right? Clothes are expensive. And so this provides an opportunity for people to buy something that they want, a brand that they're looking for at a lower price and get a good value on it. So that's one of the drivers. The other driver that we see with younger consumers is a concern for the environment. I mean, when you no longer use clothes, what do you do with them? Your two options are to donate them or to throw them out. And so throwing those clothes out and putting them in the landfill, um, particularly if they're made out of synthetic fibers, so if they're made out of anything with lycra or polyester or rayon, they're not going to disintegrate well into the environment. So there is a very much an alarm in terms of an environmental concern. And for many young adults, that price, as well as environmental concerns, are part of the drivers here. There's also a third driver that's interesting, and again, it's, I won't say it's unique, but we see it more with millennials, Gen Z, younger adults, and that is the pressure to always wear something different when you're on Instagram. So if you're on Instagram at a party this weekend, and you have on an outfit, and you look all cute, next weekend when you're at another party, you want a different outfit, but you can't afford it. So thrifting provides you the opportunity to always look new and fresh and Instagram ready. So I mentioned earlier that the resale market is predicted to grow and reach $51 billion by 2023. Do you think this could happen or do you think the trend will kind of fade out like others have? I think a lot of that will really depend upon the overall um, economy, because when the economy is good, people will still purchase brand new apparel. So I think really looking at economic predictors overall will be a big driver. Um, also will be what happens in the apparel industry. You know, we're seeing department stores downsizing. I mean, Barney's in New York going out of business. Um, Forever 21, which has always been a staple for young adults, is not doing well. They're closing stores. Even H&M, which is global company, the same thing. So I think a lot of it will be driven to reach that number is going to depend upon what happens in the overall economy. And it's going to also be about what happens within the retail sector. I mean, even for retailers that have brick and mortar stores and those that have online, what's happening there will also be part of this. So how do you think that the resale market has benefited from the internet with sites like Poshmark and ThreadUp? 
it makes it so much easier. Um, imagine that in years past, you had to physically go to a store, right, which is something a lot of people today go, what, I'm going to go to a store. Um, So you had to physically go through a store. And then the hunting process takes a lot of time. I mean, thrift stores are not typically organized well at all. It's more of a hunt. You go when you have time to spend, to look through, to hunt, to understand, is this a good garment? What is the quality like? Um, what is How fashionable is it? But when this is moved online, so Poshmark is a good example. With this being online, you can go into Poshmark. You can use the drop-down menu for filters, um, size and style and even brand. And then you can quickly have a curated capsule almost of items for you to go through that make it easier. So thrifting is easier in an online format than it is in person. So there's a large market for buying used luxury products. Could that be playing a role in the success of this trend? I think it's part of it. Um, Luxury is still luxury, and luxury is still expensive. Um, So I would say the bigger driver is the lower-priced items and not the luxury. But luxury still is an important component of this because if you want to purchase a Louis Vuitton handbag, and you really want one. You want the real thing and not one of these you know, fakes that you buy on a street in a large city. Um, when you want that real item, it provides you the opportunity to have it. So it's part of it, but I don't see it as being the major driver because someone is not going to buy a luxury item that's still going to cost them several hundred dollars on a routine basis. They're going to be more in these sites picking up a shirt or a pair of pants or an inexpensive handbag. So I read online that some retailers are wanting to join in on the resale market. How would that work? We are already seeing retailers experiment with that. JCPenney is one um, that's experimenting with this. And so it provides them an opportunity to at least still stay in the retail game, um, just to do it in a different way. They can use, they can also use like their excess inventory, things that they don't sell in their store and online, and put it up there at a deeply discounted price, rather than selling it to a different type of wholesaler. Um, So it provides other opportunities to reach consumers for the retailer. Do you think the thrifting trend could hurt retailers that do not join in on the market? That is an interesting question. I haven't really thought about that. And again, I think it probably depends upon the market that that retailer's in. So if you're a high-end retailer, it's probably not going to impact you at all because people will still come to your store, go to your website. They'll want those brands. And they're also going to want things that are very current and fashionable. And probably your customer wants it new. If you're at the lower end, like an H&M or a Forever 21, um, who are notorious for creating what we call disposable apparel, you wear it a few times, you know it's not going to last, that it's going to fall apart, but you're okay with it. Probably on that end, we will see if they're not engaged in something with this, that it might have some implications. But again, it's thrifting is not new. It's really the delivery method of bringing it online Um, and all of the other things that I talked about with cost and social media and environmental concerns that are a new part of the dynamic of thrifting. You're listening to the Palmetto Report. We're speaking with Dr. Jane Thomas about the resale market, a trend commonly referred to as thrifting. 
and the impacts that this trend will have on the mainstream fashion market. So I read that part of the reason the resale market has become so popular is because fashion is becoming more about being individual in one's style than mass conformity. Do you see this trend as unique now in fashion or something that's been there all along? For some people, being unique has always been there. Um, but historically, we have seen fashion move where everyone conforms. You know, this is the shoe, this is the handbag, this is the width of the pants, you know, are the legs wide or the legs skinny, and people conforming. Um, a lot of the conformity has occurred because there just weren't a lot of options. Today, there's so many different options to get clothing, and there is a push to be unique, again, bringing back in social media, but social media just screams, be unique, be yourself, and so thrifting is part of this, and so it is the uniqueness that people are looking for today, really more than ever, and having the freedom of being unique, that it's okay if I don't look like everyone else, and I'll probably get more likes and more reposts if my outfit is different and unique. And again, that feeds into thrifting. So has the thrifting trend moved through society in a different way than other shopping trends have in the past? I don't think it really has. It, it is a trend. It is a piece of it. I just see because it's moved online, it has more of a presence than it has in years past. But it's always been there. You know, thrifting historically began as a way for people who really couldn't afford to go to a traditional store. Um, but it's gained in terms of acceptance. It's socially acceptable now to say, oh, I got this at a thrift store, and to brag about the low price that you paid for your shoes or your handbag. Fifty years ago, that would not have been socially acceptable. I would say even 30 years ago, that would not be part of being socially acceptable. It would be like, oh, you can't afford that. So you're over here wearing someone else's clothes. Today, it's something people, a consumer would brag about and say, I got this at a thrift store. And let me tell you about the great bargain I got. So some have predicted that the thrifting trend could lead to retailers selling repurposed clothes. Do you think that could happen? Retailers have to be really careful with that because it has to do with the brand, who owns the brand. So let's take Belk, local department store chain. Belk has a brand called, oh, the name escapes me, um, but they have a Club and Ivy, I think is what it's called, um, a brand that they own. No, it's Ivy and Crown. I knew I would get to it right. Um, they have their own store brand called Ivy and Crown. So it's a very southern-looking, almost kind of a preppy brand, but they have it throughout the store. Now, if they decided that they wanted to put that brand on their own thrifting kind of website, that's fine because they own the brand. But if they were to take um, another brand like a Kate Spade handbag or a pair of Kohan shoes or polo shirt, they can't do that without permission from the manufacturer. And so the manufacturer may or may not allow their brand to be on a thrifting site. So, for example, it's related to this a little bit. Um, Burberry, you know, the British brand, for many years they have burned anything of theirs that didn't sell because they didn't want it to end up on Poshmark, on any other type of resale site or in a thrift store as a way to protect the prestige and the price level of the brand. They've gotten in trouble for this as consumers have found out about it. 
about burning and what that does to the environment. And so they're working on other strategies for this. But retail, but branded manufactured goods, they want to protect their brand. So they're not going to allow a department store or anyone else to just sell their product on a resale site at any price they want. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Thomas. I'm Rebecca Davis, and you're listening to the Palmetto Report.